Welcome to Map It Marketing, for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner, just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is, quite frankly, often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. What do you do if you lose your dream job just three weeks after you started due to COVID-19? Well, for our guest today, Maria, she started a business that helped feed the need of something that she had always wanted. And let me tell you, I kind of wish that she had been around when I was a teenager. My dad used to drag me along to the ski fields every season, and my curvy size 14 to 16 body did not ever feel like it felt comfortable or could move right in the snow pants that were available back that day. If only nobody's princess had been around back Back then. The cool thing about Maria is she has managed to build a tribe of engaged and excited followers and investors who want her pants to be a success and they haven't even gone officially on sale yet. Yep, you can't buy any until August 2021, and yet people are already excited. So I cannot wait to talk to Maria Baker today about how she's managed to grow this dream, target her market specifically, and then build a following and an excitement about a brand that hasn't even sold a pair of pants in real life yet. Let's start talking to her, huh? I reckon we're going to learn heaps. So I have already told you how much I'm looking forward to talking to Maria today um, from Nobody's Princess, but I would like Maria now to tell you in her own words a little bit about her background and who she is because I'm only basing my stuff on the amazing things she wrote to me about her and it's not as good as being the real person. So Maria, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about you, your background and how you came to start Nobody's Princess? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me, Rachel. Um, so a, a little bit about me, I suppose the odd thing is that I, you know, in relation to the snow industry and the snow sports area itself, I only started snowboarding when I was 30, which was about ah. four and a bit years ago. Hey. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm not someone who's come from, you know, a family history of having, you know, snow holidays when I was in my, you know, primary years and all that kind of thing. Um, my, my background is that I actually grew up in Adelaide in Australia, so no snow there whatsoever. No, there is um, no snow in Adelaide. No, <laughs> didn't even see snow until I think I was about 27, 28. It's still magic though, right? Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and day to day I'm a graphic designer, work in around uh, all different industries. So, you know, Priceline, which is a beauty brand, uh, oh, yes. you know, defense uh i've worked in office products i've worked for as a freelancer so um you know my day-to-day background has nothing to do with sports industry or fashion or anything like that so um you know that's that's been completely uh interesting coming across and trying something really really new so you know the reason this has all sort of eventuated and become a thing is because my own personal experiences um like I said I started snowboarding about four or five years ago and um I'm about a size uh, 14 um Australian so um quite a pear shape naturally and 
from day dot, I struggled to find good pants, um, especially when I was starting out and trying to find something on the sales rack and, you know, make it a bit cost effective. Yeah. Um, and I think it must have been in my second year of, of snowboarding. I was up on the mountains. I bought a brand new pair of pants. They were white. I loved them. And they were already a bit tight, but I kind of just overlooked it because, you know, some pants have a bit of stretch. And I think I didn't even get a full day in. And I actually ripped the crotch of my pants. And it wasn't until um, I was sitting on the chairlift and I'm like, oh, God, it's breezy. And look down and I'm like, oh, I can see my bright rainbow thermals through. <laughs> The cr- At least cr- you're cr- wearing thermals, yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, I was just devastated because, like, straight away it wasn't like, oh, okay, the, the you know, pants have failed me or anything. The first thoughts was like, oh, my God, it's because I've like, got a fat ass or, you know, it's because of my body shape. And I'm like, of course this happened to me and la, la, la. So, um, I was kind of like, you know, I was with a bunch of girls at the point at that time and I was talking about it and, um, you know, it, it kind of came out like it wasn't just me. Like they'd all ta- told me about how they'd ripped the crotch on their pants and it wasn't even, mm-hmm. you know, uh, girls who were the same size as me. It was girls that are quite smaller but still mm-hmm. had, you know, either hourglass body shapes or hips or bums or tums or, and, you know, we just kind of, we kind of snowballed, excuse the pun, like into, <laughs> you know, the issues with pants and, mm-hmm. you know, the gapes in the waist because, you know, you're trying to accommodate maybe for a smaller waist or having super baggy legs because you've got a bigger stomach. And, yeah. you know, we all kind of went home a bit sour that day, I think. Um, and, you know, the off the cuff kind of, oh, I should, I should make these pants. I should make pants for women. I should make, you know, better fitting pants. And, um, I kind of I kind of sat on that comment for a while and I actually started telling a lot of people about the idea like oh yeah I really want to make pants I really want to make my own snow pants <laughs> and you know I'd go into snow stores and have issues still trying to buy new pairs and I was like yeah I'm go- I should make my own pants and they're like yes please do it you know we'd have so many customers and um, I think I had a bit of a false start in uh, maybe early 2019 I was sort of playing with the idea but I just I didn't know where to start. I didn't have any, you know, manufacturing experience and didn't know how to, you know, draw patterns or design pants or anything fashion related. And being such a late bloomer, I suppose, in the snow world, I didn't really have industry contacts or anything like that to lean on. And it kind of sat down, um, you know, it was put on the shelf and never eventuated until last year where, um, I had actually just started working in the travel industry, but then COVID ah, hit. bad industry yeah. to start working in if you're having COVID-19 issues going on. Correct. So I got three weeks into what I thought was a, a dream job in the travel industry, um, working as a designer, and we all got stood down. So all of a sudden I had a lot more um, spare time on my hands. And it wasn't until I actually went to go work up in the in a snow resort in Melbourne here, Mount Hotham, and I talked to a guy who I was working for who happened to be a bit of a marketer as well, and he's been running his own snow glamping business for a few years. Um, and he's glamping? What a yeah, they do, like, it's called an alpine nature experience, and he yeah. does, like, big outdoor glamping tents in the middle of the snow. It's amazing. Wow. But, you know, I spoke to this guy who actually had a marketing background himself and I was, you know, he was my age, he was 34 and I'm like, oh, wow, look what you've done at 34 and what have I done? And, you know, so I told him about the idea as I had told everyone and he's like, well, what are you, what are you waiting for? And I kind of, again, COVID kicked in second wave and got sent home from that job as well. Um, 
And I kind of went like, well, yeah, what, what am I waiting for? So I think the universe kind of just, um, you know, played its part of it too because this second attempt kind of was a bit more fruitful. I met, met the right people at the right times mm. and through networking and looking up marketing resources, I, I stumbled across the right people and, you know, and that's what's led me to where it's at today, having Nobody's Princess and being, you know, a couple of months away from launching our pants. Yeah, because one of the things I said in the intro was what I think is amazing is you've actually been able to get funding and support and build a tribe of people who are excited, but your pants aren't even out yet. They're not out until August. No. So um, I was really surprised because I suppose one of the things was that obviously I didn't have the funding to do this myself, especially having been stood down from my work last year. And um, you know, I'd, I'd read a bit into crowdfunding and seen a few um, bits and pieces come and go and, you know, the shark tank and <laughs> all that kind of thing. And, you know, I think I'm probably a bit lucky in that I have my own graphic design skills that I could put a bit of branding together, a bit of imagery together. Um, you know, I've always, always told when I had clients, you know, you've got to fake it till you make it when you've got branding, you know, even if you're not a big business yet, you've got to you know, make it seem like you're the real thing. So mm. that's kind of what I did and put together a little video with one of my best mates and, um, you know, put it up on uh, Indiegogo. And, yeah, lo and behold, I think I had, like, over half of the funding in the first 24 hours, which amazing. really pushed that people were, were keen for something. And what was even wilder is that I had set up a whole bunch of perks within the crowdfunding and I had put things like T-shirts I designed and key rings and the like. But I thought, oh, I'll put the pants up as a pre-order option and, and people actually bought them. People bought the pants as a pre-order on a concept without seeing a design, without seeing anything more than, you know, my my wish list of what was the, what these pants were going to mm. be for women. And, yeah, that, that blew my mind. That was crazy. <laughs> I met a guy actually in this random cafe, like there's a there's a place called Gisborne, which is quite a small city in, in New Zealand. I and I met one. this guy there and I was talking to him and he was like this, almost like a multi-millionaire, but he had done his entire business through crowdfunding. He created Gizmo oh, wow. and, and pre-sell the idea of it on like a proud proud. proud crowdfunding platform and all these people would order it and then he'd go and make it and then he'd use that money to reinvest and do something else amazing he was like this person no one knew who he was but he was raking in all this money from it it was amazing <laughs> and it is it's a it's a really um it's a really good platform i suppose and it helps give you that confidence to continue as well give you that boost because sometimes when you're going through this process you're like oh is this really going to be a thing that people want is it really going to work is there a need is there a so, yeah, having that, that that funding, that support in just, you know, not the actual dollar value but the numbers of people behind it is really good. And, you know, there's there's so much to take into consideration when you're starting a business up too in terms of, like, marketing, um, you know, media and uh, all those other bits and pieces. And then for me, the, the whole design process and having a, a technical designer working, not working for me, working with me, um, to do this so yeah the whole crowdfunding thing just blew my mind and just reiterated everything for me because I know in nobody's princess you can buy t-shirts and other things as well have you used some of that to kind of grow awareness now but also to fund some of the costs that are involved with the rest of it yeah absolutely so my initial idea was um, that 
when I, I, look, I basically soft launched the brand last September, I think it was. I, I built the website. I had a couple of sketches and ideas that I turned into T-shirts. Um, and that was purely for a, a brand awareness thing. I really wanted to um, just try and make it a, a name that might be on the tips of a few people's tongues so that by the time I came to what will be the second round of crowdfunding in a month's time, that it would be a known brand that people might be, oh, yeah, I've heard about that chick and she's doing the thing with the pants and, you know, um, it, it really was a, a marketing uh, thing. It was a marketing um, exercise to just get the brand out there, get the T-shirts launched so that, you know, I might see it around. I might, I might, you know, people might go, oh, yeah, that's a cool T-shirt. Where'd you get that from? And the conversation would start. So, yeah, absolutely. So I think I told you that when you and I first talked about the podcast, I don't even know who it was, but I remember watching an Instagram story from a plus-size um woman who is like she's she does a lot of fashion stuff and she was talking about you and how excited she was about the pants so i heard that and i didn't know who you were and immediately i'm like oh my gosh it's the same person like (laughs) this kind of this weird like kismet thing that went on because and so that just shows you like what i love about this is that people often are waiting i'm working with a client at the moment who you know she's waiting to get everything perfect before she launches um, and I've, you know, I've, I've seen so many people do this, but what you've done is you've gone and built that brand or began to build that brand and that following, which means when you launch, you've got people to launch too. Correct. And that's, that's totally one of the biggest things I'm trying to work on now is, you know, I, I put a call out for someone to help me with my marketing and PR because I'm not, that's not my strength. Whilst I have worked in marketing teams, you know, I can execute mm-hmm. them for someone, but I don't know how to put them together. So I, I sit, sort out that person. And it was really interesting because the more I talked to people um, about trying to engage their services, they were all very sales orientated. Like they'll, you know, we're going to get you conversions. We're going to get people mm-hmm. onto your website to buy your product. And I was like, well, no, hang on a second. That's not what I want. I I actually don't want people to come and pre-order the pants yet. And I don't want people to come and buy the T-shirts. Please come and buy the T-shirts. But, um, (laughs) you know, that wasn't my Princess is kind of a cool T-shirt, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, And, yeah, for me, it was just brand awareness. I wanted even people to just see an ad, see a, a Facebook post, see a blog somewhere and just... Then in two months' time when I have my next crowdfunding go, oh, yeah, I saw something about that or I read about that or, you know, just have that that subconscious memory of seeing the brand somewhere because that's when I'm going to really want them to engage, not right now because in the scheme of things, my, my end goal is to make these amazing pants. It's not to sell T-shirts. So... Yeah whilst having that that soft launch and getting it up there, even though the only offering I literally had on the website was beanies and T-shirts, um, it was still important, yeah, just to get something out rather than wait and just try and launch it all at once where I'd have to then probably mm. spend more money, be heavy-handed with the marketing um, and not build up uh, the loyalty, which plays a really important part in, um, you know, getting conversions, getting yes. sales. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that no, was, I love uh, it. you're 100% right. <laughs> I, I have clients who, like, I, you know, it's interesting. I was, um, I've just interviewed someone before this and we were talking about how some people, because 
being the best isn't enough. It's to be out there is, is the most important thing. And so if you're out there and you're the best, that's the winning formula, you know. And so I love that you've done that. Are you are you using things like Instagram stories and things like that to tell people what the process is as you're doing it? Are you, are you yeah, doing that sort of thing? Absolutely. So one of my biggest things that I... I suppose unlike any other brand I see where it's, you know, really um, centred around a culture or a style or, you know, I suppose in the snow realm you've got different types of skiers and different types of snowboarders and I'm not trying to get to one or the other. But for me it's just about showing, like, you know, everyone asks me while I'm, and I'll, I'll get back to your question, but everyone asks me why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, is it to get rich, is it to build a big brand and all that stuff. And my response is always, I just really want a pair of good snow pants. Like I'm, I'm building them so I can have them, you know. I love that. And and it's a selfish, it's a really selfish reason. Like if I'm going to make these pants, I might as well make them for a few mm. people. Um, and so part of that is, yeah, engaging on that really personal level. And I'm being 100% transparent about what I'm doing and what the process is and where I'm at. And that's through Instagram stories. Um, the lovely woman, Kiera, who's my working as my PR marketing person, um, you know, we've, we've, inst- we've installed, installed, um, we've started up a Sunday live. So every Sunday oh, wow. I do a, a, a live report about what's been happening, you know, what pain points I've come across in the week, what's coming up in the business, where the prototypes are at. Um, so yeah, using Instagram and Facebook as that touch point to show the the real side of what the business is doing and what I'm doing, you know, that it is just me and my journey on my own. Um, and also online doing, you know, blog updates to just go, Hey, you know, I've got this prototype. Mm -hmm. I hate this, this, and this, I wasn't happy with this, but this was a win. And this was a win is, has just been crucial because something I've found is that for all the all the posts that I see on people's Instagrams in the same sort of industry and mm. realm, yeah, okay, the inspirational, here's this really cool snowboarding video, a really cool skiing video and all that, for all of that sort of um, inspirational culture type stuff I put up, it's always the posts about the pants, about what's happening with them that are getting the best engagement. Mm. It's always the posts about the, hey, look at the cool zipper function, look at this cool waist that's function awesome. that are getting the comments and the interactions and the reach because that's what, you know, the genuine customers that will future customers that I'll have actually interested about. I don't care that there's some girl skiing in a bikini mm-hmm. top on skis and nice. cool, like, there, you know, it's that, and that's what I'm aiming for too. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Using using those those tools has been huge, and I've kind of hated it in one sense because I've had to emerge myself into social media again. But on the other side, it's really fascinating and fun just want, watching it continually grow and change. So, yeah. So you're building this lovely trust bridge, aren't you, between you and your customers. And while I do think it is hard for us to put ourselves out there, what you're doing is you're finding your people because you're finding people who are interacting with the way you think, the way you're showing it. Every time they see what you're talking about and why you're doing it in a particular way, they can see the care and the dedication you've got for finding you a really good pair of ski pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, but also it means that they're going to have them too. So it's like a win-win, right? It's, it's yeah. amazing. Well, um, and I, I, um, I was actually, do you, have you heard of um, the Ringer Western story? I haven't heard. So like, he reminds me of you a little bit. <laughs> because 
Um, but he's got a, I was listening to a podcast about him um, a couple of weeks ago. He's got like a $50 million turnover business now. Wow. And he, but he basically just, he was out camping somewhere and he was like, there's just no good bush shirts. Right. And he started his business by selling caps and T-shirts to fund the bush shirts. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And, like, I can't even take credit for the idea as well. Something, um, there's a, another fantastic um, company, a snow company that's based out here in Victoria called Yuki Threads. And their, their niche, their mission is environmentally friendly, fully sustainable snow clothing, which yeah. I think is fantastic. Yeah. Um, guys, you just need to fix your sizing range. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's fine because you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but something I did was, you know, obviously tried to read up about, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, small small businesses, snow businesses in Australia and New Zealand and something I came across was their founder and, you know, something they said is they had the best happy accident they could in that um, she was designing some hoodies and they ordered some beanies as well and their actual intent was to sell the hoodies first but their beanies came months before, months earlier than the the hoodies so they just gave them to all their mates and they created this um this little cult following because people were seeing these people out on the mountain and going oh what's your little beanie with your little yellow bird on it like you know it, had, awesome. it sparked this interest because all of a sudden there was like 50 people riding around mount buller with with a beanie with a little yellow bird so people wanted to get on board what's that what's that and they created their own hype accidentally so i love it I kind of looked at that strategy and went like, huh, how can I create my own little accidental hype but on purpose? So that's that's where <laughs> I went with that. So, Strategic, yeah. right? <laughs> Do you, so have you struggled to show up to promote your brand? Like I know we talked about that thing around doing that um, and you said, oh, you know, to get back into social media. What what were some of the things you did struggle around this for yeah. you to do this? Um. Like I said, you know, even though I'm a designer and I've worked in marketing teams, there's a whole different kettle of fish when it comes to implementing it and putting together. And, um, you know, creating content's really hard, um, especially when you're trying to make it um, truly genuine um, because there's only as much as you want it to be genuine and you know and you hope that it will work. At the end of the day, people go on Instagram, people go on TikTok and Facebook to be entertained um, and, you know, you have to stand out with, you know, in, you know, a sea of billions of people. Yeah. Um, and it was hard to create contact and sometimes I just completely disassociate from it and I think I got to a point at one point where I'm like, oh, I haven't posted anything in like three weeks and it was really hard to kind of get into the groove of it because I'm like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to show? And at the same time, um, you know, the, the voices in your head when you're starting up a small business and there and they're like, well, are people actually going to want to see this? Is that going to be good enough? Is that? And so it gets really hard. And um, I remember even sometimes, you know, part of having the crowdfunder and Indiegogo is that you have to provide a, a monthly update. And, you know, I was getting the nudges from the company, like, you know, make sure you post your monthly update or else your campaign's going to, yeah. you know, yeah. be penalised. And it's like, oh, God. And so, yeah, it, it certainly is hard, like, to continually yeah, like you said, show up to it and yeah. be um, switched on and wanting to always be on top of it. And your lack of knowledge as well, like, mm. is a huge hindrance that because, yeah, you know, like I said, I'm lucky that I've kind of um, my career is in that realm. But for something you don't know about, it's it's even harder because whilst the internet is a 
beautiful, vast place. Uh, content has changed from what it was, say, 20 years ago on the internet where people genuinely wrote about, you know, an interest, a hobby, or how to do something back in the good old Netscape days. Um, and I know, I know, I'm showing my That's good. That's okay. I'll start talking about, I don't know, something way beyond that and then you're like, okay, we're sweet, we're fine. <laughs> um, we were talking about beta VHSs before I was oh. with someone. I didn't even know what they were. So, you know... <laughs> I know what they are. I know what they are. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, you know, content on the internet's not what it used to be. It's not genuine anymore. People are writing clickbait. People are writing articles based on what they want their SEO to be and it's not genuine content anymore. It's still helpful, but it's it's not enough to kind of get you over the line. You know, you can type in how do I make engaging content on Instagram and you're going to get, you know, your first 30 pages of search results are, oh, 20 top ideas to get you good Instagram content. And, and it's basically the same article, rehashed. It's just copy. So it's just so hard. Correct. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely is hard to show up when you don't know the ins and outs of every single part of starting up a small business. And there are. There are so many little bits you need to know, have to know. And I think sudden, one of the biggest things even was learning about, like, business planning and the fact that writing a business plan was important and, um, I suppose my biggest comment to all of that is like the thing that probably saved me was networking, um, meeting other people. There's an online platform called Lunch Club that I use and I was really fortunate that I got paired randomly with some really interesting and useful people that just gave me little snippets and tips and, you know, bits and pieces along the way that then helped me front up and something I then put into practice is that every time I felt I was stalling myself and I wasn't, you know, being there for the for this this for the startup is that I'd go do a another one hour video call with someone and do some you know networking and you just get that Did little spark that? you might just get that one yeah. piece of informational fact that would just help so it's yeah definitely periods where it's just like hard ah oh, but so you, you can get I um, can I share with you I, I have this thing that I tell my clients and actually anyone that will listen um, and I tell people that when you're doing your business you've got to be a goat in a tree. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like what I mean that. by that is, I like that. Have you seen those goats in Morocco that climb the trees? And so like, I always, you don't even know how they got up there. Yes, just, although apparently this devastated me when I was researching this. Some farmers now, when they were having lots of tourists go by, they were lifting the goats into the tree. But they are naturally <laughs> like tree climbers. But I always say as a business owner, you've got to be a goat. You are already a goat in a tree. and. Yep. Those goats don't do, hey, you know what? I'm going to become a world-famous goat today. I'm going to climb that goat, that tree. <laughs> I just like going, hey, that tree looks cool. I'm going to climb it. And so I always say to people like you who struggle with this, I go, it's okay. You're a goat in a tree. Literally anything you say about those snow pants is going to be interesting to your target market. <laughs> so just be a goat in a tree. Every time you go, oh, people wouldn't be interested in this, think, no, this is a goat in a tree moment. I just think it's normal because I'm doing it all the time. Everyone else is going to go, whoa, look at that bird in the tree. <laughs> and, and you're right. Like um, I, one of the biggest things I got told is like, you know, if I'm making stories on Instagram, post your day-to-day -day life. Post your, yes. even if it's not snow pattern. Like, who wants to watch me playing with my cat on my desk when oh, no, this could be working? Cats are gold. And, Cats you know, are gold. <laughs> um, 
one of the one of the scariest things I did was just last week on my Sunday live. I actually um, came to Sydney because my 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 little sister had a baby, and so I actually went to my sister. I'm like, can I can I show your baby on my story because this is <laughs> this is important to me. But you know yeah, what? I, I put it up there that I was going to have a special guest on that night's live, and I had the most viewers I've had ever. And I was just like. Oh, okay. Apparently I'm going to hold a baby more often, but yeah, you're right. Like everything you think isn't going to be worthwhile somehow ends up being. So yeah, it's a fantastic piece of advice. Like, like yeah, you go to the tree. Just remember that, you know, it's always a good thing. Do you feel like there is a burden though to share quite a bit of yourself? Because obviously like you're saying, I want my own pants. You're obviously having to, you know, you talked about how in the pants, but you, you didn't think, and you should have thought, oh, these are badly designed pants. You sat there going, oh my gosh, how embarrassing my pants, but because my body's wrong. So do you feel like because you're now doing these pants, you're obviously having to talk about how they fit on your body. Is there yeah. issues with that with you? Like, has that made has that made you feel better about yourself, or does it struggle? Look, it's it's a bit of a catch twenty two because yeah, I, I do get really self conscious still um, about it, and like one of my biggest you know things was I recently put up a post on my Instagram and I put my measurements on there. I I put wow, that. Wow, that's full on. I have a hundred and 117 centimeter hip circumference and I'll just go like, Oh my God, it's over a meter. But, um, you know, the reason I did that is because I had posted an earlier photo of me in the pants and someone said, Oh, you should put some curvier models in your pants, not these slim tall people. And I'm like, I'm like, that's me. I am a curvier model. (laughs) Thank you. But, you know, and so I had to, I had to be vulnerable to, to, to show those other followers um and at the same time like it's been empowering because I'm seeing all these other women who have put their hand up and go yeah that's me too oh my god I have the same measurements or I have the same issue and all those sorts of things so yeah it is really vulnerable because you know I'm having to show a lot more of myself than I probably would put on Instagram or social media ever you know there's probably more photos of my stomach hanging out in there now than normal but I, you know, the small payoff or the big payoff is that I'm probably helping a lot of other women be okay with what they're doing too. And I I feel a bit guilty because like, um, and this is something I'm trying to eternalize too, is that, um, and process is that a lot of people still go, oh, you know, you're making pants for fat people or, you know, you're making the, you know, the search terms to come up and go, you know, snow pants for fat women and snow pants for, you know, chubby women. And I'm, yeah. I, I still want to change that, that view as well, because, you know, I'm not making them for chubby women. I'm making them for all women because the complaints have come from women who are size eight, but curvy as well. Yeah. You know? And they wouldn't be considered chubby or fat or anything like that but at the same time I don't want to be calling ourselves fat and chubby so something that's been really hard is trying to come up with that proper terminology to still empower us being inclusive of all shapes yeah it's hard because obviously like there are like you know I've got three daughters who've all got different body shapes um and none of them have inherited the roundness from me um but they're all very different and I've got one who's 5'11 and she's lanky as you know And so she'd be able to fit like hipsters or hipster jeans or snow pants and that, you know, her and her boyfriend, they can wear the same yep. clothes and it's fine. Try that on one of the other daughters and that's not going to work. Now, that none of them are overweight and none of them are, but they've all got different body shapes. And there's yep. this weird thing where we go, 
do you use the word a real woman? Well, no, because someone who's straight, up and down, they're still a real woman. Like, how is this going to work? Am I alive? I'm real. Yeah, exactly. So it is really hard, you know, you have to find a way to define the market and use those hashtags so the right people can find you, but you also know that, you you know, you are de- you are developing them for a particular body type, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, it's not just the one body type, it's all body types and that's that's the, the hardest thing that's to hard. find is, is not being, um, you know, exclusive to going, yeah, okay, it's only for that curvy, for the hourglass woman, it's only for the pear shapes or it's only for the apples and only for the round shapes. It's for, for everyone. But, yeah, I don't want to be, um, you know, discriminatory or negative about it um you know one of the um groups i follow on facebook who has her own um snow-based um news site and blog site said that her highest ranked um article on her page was one that was titled something like um fat skiers and the world we live in or something like that and i was just like God, so how many people are searching fat skiers or fat ski clothes or fat? And I'm like, oh, I wish I wish there was something better to do. And, you know, but then, it, it, you know, full circle comes back and I go, and then it does it does hit your own your own confidence and go, well, am I a fat skier and am I a fat snowboarder and am I, you know? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just it's hard. It's a I, I find, thing. You know, it's body image is such a loaded thing for women anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and... Like I struggle with this because I'm obviously like I'm obviously plus size, but I don't think of myself as plus size. I don't. I, I am plus size, but I don't walk around going, "Hi, I'm a plus size marketer." Yeah, exactly. I don't. I'm just a person who happens to have a round body. Like that's how I yep. see. See, so I don't. I but I also understand that if I wanted to market to plus size women, which I don't specifically market to, um, I would put plus hashtag plus size or hashtag. Um, I don't know, extra wobble in my belly or whatever it's going to be. You know, like, <laughs> I <love that. laughs> you know and I, I, I understand this. It's, it's really hard. And I am, I, um, I modeled in fashion week uh, years and years ago for a plus Amazing. size designer. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I always tell people that because they're like, really? Wow, you've really packed on the kilos since then. But I was round. I was round when I did it. Um, and, but I remember, um, <laughs> it's like I was already round. Um, but I remember sitting next to this woman who was like, size six to eight, absolutely immaculately dressed. And she sat next to me and she said to me, oh, those people over there look amazing. I just feel so fat and disgusting today. And I remember thinking, oh, oh, you feel fat. Well, I'm actually fat. So (laughs) what I realized was it's like women, like we just carry all this stuff around and it's not that size at all, actually. And we we can be our own worst enemies, like 100%. And yeah, it, it 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 comes to what you see and what you hear and what you're brought up with and um yeah, hundred percent. What and I love is what you're doing though is you're empowering women to feel comfortable while they move. You know, we've got yeah. active wear for leggings that don't fall down when we squat or a see through. You know, we go squat proof leggings. We've got things that help. You know, um, sports bras that help us stop bouncing. Yeah. So this is the next domain, right? Like really, yeah. what you're doing is instead of people going, "Oh, that's for fat people," shouldn't it be, "Wow, you're helping more women feel comfortable while they move." Yeah, and that's and that's definitely the biggest thing that I'm trying to push is that confidence because, mm-hmm. unfortunately 
you know, what you wear, what you experience day to day can play a huge role in how you're feeling. Absolutely. But if, if what you're, you know, and there's so many days where you go out and I'm just, you know, wearing normal clothes, you're like, oh, if that bra strap's digging in or if your jeans are just a little bit too tight or, you know, the worst. you go, oh, this top's making me feel a bit fluffy. It, it puts you off your game no matter what you're doing. You can, you know, you might be at an event and if you're conscious about how you look or feeling, then it just throws your whole night away. And the same thing happens out in the snow. Like um, one of the biggest issues for me is because um, I actually have a really mild case of lipedema. Like my legs are a bit mm. stumpy. Um, like, yeah. you know, I could be at my lightest weight or my heaviest weight and the measurement of my hips and my legs don't actually ever change, even if I've lost 10 kilos. So um, for me, hips have always been a big problem with these pants. And, you know, when I can't even bend over properly because I'm too scared that my pants are going to rip to do up my boots that's an issue that's or a problem I'm, you, know, you fall another, over and you're putting yourself up again you're worried about if i do it this way am i gonna bend yeah, over 100 percent you're gonna rip yeah 100%, and it's a little it's thing not like, pleasant no and it, it, it niggles in the back of your head just like if your boots loose when you're when you're skiing you know your ankles lifting a bit it, it, it's you're probably yeah. not gonna ruin your, your your run but it's in the back of your head and you feel it so the same thing goes with with what you're wearing and especially when it's it's a sport clothing essentially and mm. you know all other, clothes, other sports have you know clothes that are made to suit the 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 sport itself that you know move and stretch and accommodate for what you need so why not this one um, because even though you're not competitive, you're still being active. So just removing those niggles and, you know, we'll, we'll reinstate that confidence because it's just one less thing you're having to think about because if I'm not worrying about the snow that's going to fall down my butt crack when I, you know, take a dive because there's a gap in my waist, Gaps then I'm going to be... the biggest pain of anything, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Especially when you do one of those good, like, scorpion-type falls where your legs come over your head and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're not having to worry about having, how much snow you're going to scoop out of your pants once you fall over, then you're going to concentrate on, okay, the run better or the jump better or, you know, having fun more, like, because you're not conscious about what part of your clothing's going to fail on you. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, exciting. it's really the, that confidence on the snow is, is a huge thing for me because anyone and everyone should be um, experiencing it. Um one of the one of the biggest things, and I actually spoke about this on a post on Instagram a few days ago, but one of the biggest, um, I suppose, motivators for me was, and it and it ties back into this confidence thing, right? Is I remember um, being at Mount Buller one afternoon. It was the end of the day, and I was about to hop on a lift. And I saw a woman who probably would have been about a size twenty twenty two, and she was wearing track pants. And it's all you can find if you're size twenty twenty two. Yeah. And, you know, she. It was a cold day. It was a. It was one of those wet. You know, medium visibility. It was snowing, and I'm like, could you imagine the things that would have been going through her head? Like, you wouldn't want to fall over because your pants will get wet, and then once they get wet, you're going to be cold for the whole day. Um, you know, and wet too. But it's um, also you just feel different the just, whole time. Yeah, correct. Like you, and you're then, uncomfortable. You're wet. Things aren't fitting right. And you feel like you're sticking out. You already feel like you're bigger than everybody else, anyway. Yeah. So people are noticing, and then it's just like you're not one of you're not one of us. Correct. It's like putting a, a confetti above a flashing light. It's yes. <laughs> you know, yes. it, and like 
yeah, my heart broke for us. So I'm like, yeah, that's the that's the stuff we need to change. That's the that. you know, everyone should have access and everyone should be confident when they're doing it. It's and and I can't <laughs> see how sportswear is promoting obesity. No. Um, it's like that old age thing where, you know, people say they see a plus side person in the gym and they go, what are they there for? I'm like, well, they didn't um, work out. Yeah, healthy, I think would probably be it. Yeah, um, no, I, was, so, I think it's amazing, Maria. Can you tell me, so obviously your pants aren't for sale yet, but people can pre-order them, can't they? Yes. So um, because I've been, like I said, trying to be so open and transparent about it, I've been putting up all the updates about it and what the final product will be looking like in its features. So I have them on the website and they're available to pre-order. They do go on sale every now and again, but um, with the crowdfunder, that'll be coming up in about a month's time. So uh, early June, they'll be probably at a good price on there, I'd probably think. Um, <laughs> um, but, margin, yeah. margin, margin is everything in detail. <laughs> Look, that's good to know, that's good to know. And yeah. it's nobody'sprincess.com. .au, yeah. .au, and but they can get some, like, merch as well if they want to come on yeah. there. So uh, at the moment we've got beanies and T-shirts um, on there and a whole bunch of cool stickers. Awesome. I'm a lover of everything iridescent and glittery, so there's a whole bunch of glittery, wow. iridescent, yeah, shiny uh, stickers on there, which I love. So, and a few new things coming along the way too. So, you know, hashtag follow my socials to, to find out more. <laughs> Your socials will be on the show notes. And also, um, I also, there was a link there for, for Powder Stash. Is that right? Yes. What's that so about? That is, um, you know, a part of, again, marketing strategy, but um, put together a collaborative giveaway. So there's about eight companies and brands uh, from all over. So some out of Alaska, some based in Queenstown as well, oh, and a few Australian ones as well, where there's about $1,500 worth of female snow gear um, in this prize pack. So it's called Powder Stash uh, with the H in the powder. Um, but um, there's going to be a pair of my snow pants in there and a whole bunch of other stuff just that for women as well. Amazing. So, Get on that till the end of May. That sounds amazing. Maria, you have been a complete delight to have today. I am going to, at the end of um, this, I'm going to do like a um, a little roundup of some of the pointers that we've talked about and get people to, no I'm a big action taker, so I'm Love going it. to um, record a little bit at the end of this just to kind of get people to think about what they could take from action from the learnings from here. But I've really loved this. I'm so excited about your pants. I'm also going to share with you um, after this a couple of people that I think you should connect with in New Zealand that I think that would be great fantastic. to get that message out. But Absolutely lovely, Minnie. So good luck with the, the launch properly. Thank and, you and, so um, much. And um, I feel like you may have convinced me that it might be time to actually give it a go instead Absolutely of... Absolutely it is. Just have to deal with my Achilles injury. But besides that, we'll do it. <laughs> Even if it's just to walk through the snow to get to the Apres Ski Bars. Yeah. That's well, I'm up for the Apres Ski Bars. I think that that's why I feel like I was born to be a skier. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. It's been a huge pleasure to have you as a guest with us right, today. Thanking you. Bye. I've got to say, I came out of this interview with Maria Fizzing, and I was so excited to hear about the way that she has built a business following 
and got sales for something that doesn't actually even exist yet. And how she's managed to take people on a journey alongside with her as she develops and grows the idea for this brand. I also really loved the way that she had chosen something that was a need for her. So that passion in there is great. Um, The two things that I felt that you could take from this as a business owner, the first one is I work with a lot of people who have passion projects. And one of the things I really like about Maria's story is that she has actually taken this like a super serious business proposition. So often when it's a passion, it's very easy to get sidelined with a whole lot of new things all the time and pour all your time and money into creating the product or the resource that you're going to deliver and forget to put money and time and energy aside for marketing it. So Maria's done this really well in doing that. So it's a challenge for us as product developers or service-based businesses. Sometimes all that energy we're pouring into the offer or the product that we're going to give someone, we need to save some of that back to market alongside them as we walk through them. And the other thing I really thought was so important here was how often do we forget to do that on a continual basis as a business? I know for me, I'm so poor at reminding people of the story or the journey of where I'm getting. I'll often retrograde it and talk about it afterwards, but I'm not great at taking people on that journey. I think sometimes because I'm a little bit worried about what if it doesn't happen or I get distracted. Uh, But the accountability that comes with it is really powerful and it does create a buzz and an excitement for what you're doing. So if you're going to take action from today, what I'd like you to take action from is how can you use those two elements, that idea of um, making sure that you're putting time and effort into your marketing and doing that alongside doing work or doing the ideation and creation. And the other one is, What can you do while you're doing that to take people on a journey? How can you talk about what you're doing and your ideas and creation and thought process to help people understand a little bit about the maker or the creator or the business owner that's selling the product or service that they want to buy? I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. You can always give me an email or send me a note. Um, My contact details are on rachelclava.com slash podcast. And on there also is the show notes from today with links to Maria's information and a few other bits and pieces to help you today. I also want to tell you a little bit about next week. We have an amazing firecracker of a guest. Uh, Lauren Clement is the co-owner of the Audacious Agency. It's an Australian-based agency that helps professionals become more confident to build their own profile and their own business. And Oh my gosh, I've done the interview already, so I should give you a bit of a sneak warning. This stuff will blow your mind, so be sure to tap into that. And meanwhile, make sure you come and check us out at rachelclava.com slash podcast for the show notes for today. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Clava. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclava.com slash podcast for more information. 